Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode 195. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Tom, and somewhere out there is Neil. Neil, greet the audience. Hello, Thomas. How are you today? I'm good. I heard you were working all night in the sewer. Is this correct? I was. I was. See? And not metaphorically speaking, either. See what he does for you people? He's out yeah, slaving up to his knees in sewage, tampons, and, and condoms. and For filth. time and a half, I'll do it all. I guess. Um, it's a cheap date. Yes, of course, you can reach us at punktilidie77 at Gmail, punktilidie podcast on Facebook, punktilidie podcast group on Facebook. Yep. Ask, ask for stickers, get t shirts yep. at uh, Loud Pizza. Got some yes. merch. Yes. So, what was I going to. Man, you threw me off of that last. <laughs> you know, that Hold on. So, there we go. So, you know, so we're, we're, so we're going through, we're actually, we have, if anybody remembers way back in the beginning, our first legitimate guest, Neil. Who was our very first legitimate guest? Um, Rick Sims. No, that was seventeen. <laughs> well, <laughs> boy, this is this is going really well. <laughs> yeah, don't our, set me up like that. No, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it was yeah, BA, our, correct? It was BA. Yes, that's right. Episode number thirteen. 13. So we have most of BA with us here today, even though he's actually like part bionic man now, from what I understand. He's sort of like a cross between the Terminator T two thousand and like a young David Lee Roth. I think. How you doing, BA? I, I think, uh, yeah, the, the parts of me that remember from last time are really happy to be here. The, the knees are brand new. You're right. Yes, that's right. So you got them both done in the same year. I mean, is it is that is that kind of a bear as far as recovery, or uh, are you, was it not too bad? Um, I think I probably did it the smarter way. I had a friend who had uh, both knees done simultaneously a couple years ago. Mm. and he was miserable for like the entire summer um i had uh my left leg which was the weaker of the two done back um on april 12th and they said well we can uh if your recovery is progressing well enough we can go ahead and do the other one uh as early as six weeks later well i wasn't quite ready for that but uh uh 90 days Three months after the first one, I had the uh, right leg done on uh, July 12th. Hmm. And so I've, uh, I was off for like um, three and a half weeks each time uh, doing my rehab. And since then, I've just been doing um, a daily physical therapy routine. How, how pain, and I guess progressing pretty well because they canceled the last three appointments and said you don't need to come in and see a therapist any longer. That's good. Oh, nice. How painful is a physical therapy? I'd imagine that's got to be super fucking painful, no? Um, not at the time. I, I only started doing it uh, after I'd uh, been about a month out of the second surgery. Um, I figured I'd go ahead and start doing PT for both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And by that time I had built up and built up enough resistance with, um, the, uh, post-op exercises I was doing that it really wasn't that much of a strain. It was just, um, expanding the limits mm-hmm. of my range of motion and stuff like that. So I, I was really happy to uh, get the PT done for that reason because, um, yeah, now I, you know, within three and a half weeks I was able to, uh, um, bend my knee completely at a zero angle flatten it out that much and then um, I think she said um, 105 degrees uh, inward bend which 
you know, I mean, Tom, you've seen me over the last couple of years, and I mean, getting up and down the stage, the hour we were on yeah, it looks sort of painful at some point. Oh, it was miserable. I mean, my knees have been powder for like the last four years or so. So there, there was just no cartilage between so the bones. So essentially what they do, if I'm not mistaken, BA, right, is BA from Sloppy Seconds, everybody. That's right, the bionic man. I don't think I ever said the band, band's no. name. Sorry. We just we just roll right into it. Because essentially what they do is cut your bone below the knee and above the knee and just put a metal knee in there, right? That's the procedure that my friend went through. I didn't actually have that because um, I guess the bones were not ground down that badly in my case, but the cartilage was all gone. Hmm. So what they did was uh, cap the uh, upper bone and the femur and whatever the lower bone is. I don't know if that's the tibia or whatever, but uh, um, they capped that with a... um, uh, sort of a plastic to replace the cartilage, and I was told, you know, you know, at, at uh, my age, they said this is not going to wear out in your lifetime. Oh, so, good. Yeah, so um, you know, these these are my knees for the rest of my existence. Now, how is how is how is going up and down stairs now? I bet going down is is easier, right? Uh, actually, going downstairs is a lot tougher than uh, going upstairs, and that and that was. The situation prior to the surgery too. Uh, hold on, hold, hold on one second, B. Hold on one second, Tom. Are you like swallowing the microphone, my friend? What are you doing? I'm drinking, drinking a little water because the microphone keeps moving and we can hear you breathing. Is is it like is it like is it like is it like right on your mouth or something? I don't think so. Well, that's just me being like in such bad shape that I'm heavy breathing as I lay here. Because you like that. A- Obviously, the British are more uh, obsessed with that than uh, we Yanks. So. It's, it's, it sounds. It sounds like a dirty phone call. The way he's breathing into the maybe, mic. Maybe you found my. Maybe you found my fetish. I'm a surgery guy. Yeah, he's a knee guy. A knee surgery guy. Yes. I'm sorry, B. I. I interrupted you at the going down the stairs. Yeah. No. That, all I was saying was that um, ascending stairs wasn't even as bad as descending stairs because uh, it's easier to launch off um, sore knees than it is to accept the impact of stepping down. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. And everybody that has bad knees has told me the same thing. Yeah, I was thinking specifically before you had the operation, it's better now than it was before the operation, I meant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it. well, stairs, I still kind of have to half-step. I uh, go down them one at a time. And I think that's just going to be a uh, thing that improves over time. Yeah. But um, I mean, you know, the other night I uh, uh, went around to a few uh, bars near my home here and uh, I was walking around the neighborhood for a, about a mile or so, you know? So, I mean, that is something I haven't been able to do for probably 50 years at least. Really? So, so oh, the, not that kind of distance. Oh, that's and awesome. So, so the process, touring, I've actually dropped a pretty good amount of weight. So, because it's easier to walk, huh? So, yeah. Well, and you know, I just um, uh, recovering from surgery, I was able to um, regulate um, my diet more, you know, and uh, eat. Uh, more digestible stuff instead of just junk all the time. So, yeah, I've dropped about 70 pounds from my peak. 
Wow. wow. Good for you. It, and and you and you basically got the summer off. I mean, it wasn't exactly Shangri-La, but you it was good timing, right? Yeah, well, I was able to binge a lot of stuff on uh, the streaming service. <laughs> that was cool. And, uh, you know, I heard some uh, uh, good music along the way. But, yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, as soon as I had the second surgery scheduled, I contacted our booking agency and said, okay, well, I think three months after the second surgery, I should be good to go. So let's start looking at October to book some dates. I was a little worried that you guys weren't going to get out this year. Um, well, it's funny. Well, I I, 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 normally, uh, what we used to do always was head out uh, right around Memorial Day and do some uh, gigs right at the end of May, beginning of June. That was our pattern for like 10 years or so. And yeah. uh, uh, over the last five or six years, it's... Uh, uh, developed into more of an early fall thing. And I'm not, I think that kind of started when we, uh, uh, made that first trip out West for the first time in ages. Um, mm. so, um, it might've just been that the flights were cheaper in the month of September than they were during the summer or something. But, uh, it's also a good time to be out because, uh, you're not dealing with unbearable heat, which considering where we're going on these, next dates we we've lived through the worst of those places well it's when we so i i don't think i ever asked you this officially when we were in maryland a couple it was well i guess it was just last year like we were staying in this real janky hotel right and ba's knees were bad and the elevators and the air conditioning went out and half the like the elevators went out and half the air conditioning went out did you guys have air conditioning in your room um half of us did so um uh, yeah, we had one of the rooms where the AC was working great, so we nice. uh, corralled the entire band into the one room. Ah, uh, because because Bo said he was going to come sleep on our floor, and we told him he could. Yeah. But I do I do get up to pee several times, so I probably would have stepped on him, <laughs> or pissed on him. That would have been okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or or yeah, I would I wouldn't want to repeat. Hey, it trust my... me, he 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 would reciprocate eventually. He's done. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, because I did have that incident last year on Friday night where I was walking around in the hallways like like a sleepwalker. Just <laughs> and he's on the pants. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's Was that so, a standing blackout? It, it was, it was, dude, it was like a horror movie. I woke up, and I had no idea how I got to where I was. I never had that happen. I walked into a room one time where I had no idea where I had just come from. And were you were that, you just just loaded or you kind of emerged from a cloud and oh wow. Yeah. That was, was like uh, now that was probably 25 30 years ago but I I, I don't black out anymore. <laughs> so you're saying at my age that I was last summer was a little ridiculous. I get it. I get it. Why is this why is this toilet screaming at me? <laughs> Reading between the lines. You'll grow out of it eventually, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it has become like our our going to see sloppy has become sort of a you know we're pretty responsible citizens day by day. It has become sort of our alcohol holiday to go see you guys for a couple days. Alcohol holiday, so. I like that. I've never heard that. Well, yes. That's good. I, yes. just know. I like yeah. that. Uh, that. Yeah, that's a great term. You drive them so, to drink, ba. That's good. Well done. All right, I'm gonna do my best to stick a song in here. So good. you guys have been you you guys have been actually on your Facebook page, kind of rolling up some deep deep cuts, sort of. And one of yeah, I, I thought so because uh, um, you know, there's I don't know what would you say probably a dozen songs that 
we play basically every time. And, sure. And um, the fun part for me, at least, is um, the other 10 songs that we play. You know, I mean, I, I like pulling out things that we haven't uh, played in a while. It's not easy to convince everybody to do it, but uh, <laughs> I, I love when we uh, pull out a, a deep cut. That's one of my favorite things to do. Well, it's funny because you pulled out one that I I don't know that you've ever played it live, and you had it on your Facebook page. You did an album. You did a, a compilation album that Joey Vindictive did, and I have a copy of it on CD. I don't know if it ever came out on vinyl. It was came out in 1997. It was like a 20-year reunion of or 20-year anniversary of all these 77 songs so you guys did right. a real obscure one actually i never had heard the song where did you you, know, you got all these great 77 bands where do you come up with this this song that you guys put on this comp oh okay yeah we did uh well actually i'll, I'll give you a little background on this because i didn't find some of this stuff out until we actually had already recorded it um it's by mick farron and the deviants uh, you know them, Neil? You know them? I don't. Mick Farron, he was a uh, kind of a rock journalist, and he was tied in with the, um, uh, you probably do know this, Neil, I would say, the, the Ladbroke Grove yep. uh, commune yep. area that was, you know, that bred the Pink Fairies, and I think Hawkwind came out of there. Yeah, that's right. Um so he was he was tied in with that whole group, um, and Mick Farron and the, the Deviants I think actually formed in like sixty eight or sixty nine, and they had recorded this really slow kind of chant called "Let's Loot the Supermarket" back in sixty nine I think. Well, this is a re recording that they did um, in seventy seven after Punk had hit, and um, it's the same song but they punked it up basically. And we found it, um, I had the fifth uh, box on CD, and it was uh, on, I believe it was on side uh, disc one of the Stiff Records box. Hmm. So, so you, just, um, you wanted to do we something a little more obscure. I mean, is that, was that the goal, to try to find something a little more Yeah, obscure? we wanted to, you know, when we were invited to appear on that, we said, well, you know, I mean, you know, we don't want to do anything by the Clash or the Damned or the Buzzcocks because everybody's going to want to do those songs. So we sure. tried to dig a little deeper. Um, the other one I gave serious thought to was um, um, Satan's Rats. <laughs> Neon no, Rats. actually, it was it was a Graham Parker track. Uh, it was the New York Shuffle? Okay, yeah, yeah. By <laughs> Graham Parker, I, I thought that would be a kind of cool song for us to do too. Or. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. So, so those were the two we were debating over and everybody said, well, they, they like the grittiness of, uh, let's loop the supermarket more. And so that ended up being the one we recorded. Did this, did you ever play the song live? We played it quite a bit, um, on our, uh, last tour of Europe. We, um, we we usually saved it for like an encore at the end of the night or something. But mm. uh, our driver Ray, who was later immortalized uh, in the yes. song Ray, <laughs> um, uh, liked the song a lot. So a couple nights um, on the tour in Europe, we would uh, 
play that as an encore just as a favor to Ray. Well, I'll tell you what. That's a good place to take a break. Let's stick the song in. So this is from the album. Was it That Was Now, This Is Then, or something? The name of it was something like that. Uh, A Joy Vindictive album, compilation album. So, yeah, this is Sloppy Seconds doing Let's Loot the Supermarket. Okay, sloppy seconds there with Let's Loot the Supermarket like we that, did John? last summer. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, we so, so it's funny you mentioned the last time you were in Europe. So what year was that last time you were in Europe? It was pre, pre, like, uh, the last album, right? Yes, it was um, actually right after we had released the previous album, which for us is a good decade earlier. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was in the spring of, uh, 1998. Wow. So it's like 25, it's going to be tw- 25 years. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, the babies that were conceived at the last time you played there are, are <laughs> old yes. enough to get cheap rental cars. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about, but it, it has been that long since we did a uh, an actual uh, UK tour. So I'm, I'm thinking you saw that today, Neil, that this They're is not rebellion. breaking news. Yes. This is not breaking news, but yeah, Sloppy Seconds is playing Rebellion next year. You know, we seriously considered going last year, or this year rather, but next year is definitely on the table. I just need to feel out how much of my family vacation budget my wife is comfortable spreading around Sloppy Seconds. 
Well, <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's well, a, it, it's a historical trip to England for her, right? She yeah, can look exactly. at, she can look at castles. Yeah, she can look yes. at castles while you go to Blackpool and get drunk at the at the Churchill. <laughs> that would be great. You know, she's been doing that with me for over 25 years now. I don't know what what another year will hurt, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so you guys are doing. Are you are you going to do a full Euro tour, a full UK tour, or is that kind of up in the air yet? Is this just 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 in the real early planning stages? Yeah. Well, um, I think the idea is to um, do about eight to ten days in the UK. Um, Hmm. I don't know if we're going to have the opportunity to get over to the continent or not, but uh, I think. yeah, probably about uh, another week leading up to the fest, and then. Uh, and by the way, we were caught off guard by that announcement today too. We uh, oh, yeah. we huh. pretty much come to terms with them, but uh, you know, when we did punk rock bowling, they sent us an email letting us know that we were uh, confirmed to play. But this information is embargoed until this date because everybody mm. is being announced on the same day. We don't want this information leaking out, and. I I just happened to be sitting in front of a computer today, and suddenly it's a sloppy seconds confirmed for rebellion. I was like, "Oh my god, I better get this on our page." Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on a sec, hold on a second. Roll that back. What 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 you just said? Did you say you're confirmed for punk rock bowling too? No, no, no. Same last. No, no, no. That that was a few years. Oh, ago. Oh, okay. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. I thought yeah, you meant that already as well. I missed that. Leading one. up to the. It, I, I think there's still this way about it. Punk Rock Bowling announces the entire lineup on one day, and they don't want any information leaking out ahead of time. Gotcha. So we were sworn to secrecy until the announcement was made. Um, and I figured there would be something similar going on with uh, Rebellion. Uh, I hate yeah, yeah, They I, just I posted the announcement today, and we had yeah. no idea it was coming. You, you guys are their teasers. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's kind of cool, right? Like, you guys are the first band announced, right? Yeah, and uh, it looks like there's a pretty good buzz about the fact that we're playing. So I'm really ex- excited to be going back. This should be a lot of fun. All you got to do is not play somewhere for 25 years, and you build up a lot of demand, you know? <laughs> Hey, that's what we figured out when we uh, ditched the West Coast forever, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when you did Punk Rock Bowling, you did a little West Coast tour. You did California, and you did – so you're kind of doing the same thing. But now now my fear is now you you can go to the U.K. for a week. You guys typically last couple of years have been doing, oh, 10 days or two weeks of touring more or less. Is that is, That's not going to preclude you from playing some U.S. shows next year, I hope. No, I hope not. I, I think uh, if – all goes well we might do what i said earlier and go back to playing some shows around memorial day because we're going to need to build up a little uh oh get some money store of cash in order to yeah. take care of our money and everything for the uk so well, yeah I, i'm, friend, of I'm course, thinking our mutual friend of course has got big plans for you so we'll see how that pans out we're not in any position to announce anything obviously but we'll and, see how that goes and just just fyi for 2023 there are some other bands confirmed including oh, the the only ones which would be incredible oh um, my yeah, wow yeah yeah good old peter parrot uh the dickies uh bad oh, bad nice. manners HR, which is odd. I don't know what he's going to be doing there by himself. Um, DRI. There you go, Tom. DRI. Going to oh, be playing. yeah. Nice. Uh, Rubella Ballet. Oh, then it gets kind of downhill from there. Rubella Ballet and uh, Foreign Legion, who I 
never heard. I mean, I think what, what would make me laugh is if like DRI and Sloppy Seconds have to play on like the new band stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they will be new bands for a lot of the people like there. They're celebrating their 40th anniversary. They're pretty new to that, that crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. That's cool because um, when we uh, were over last and we played uh, Holidays in the Sun at Morecambe, Mm-hmm. The Dickies were on that bill too, and we had actually played a couple shows together in uh, Switzerland. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be cool to see those did guys you, again for sure. Did you guys? You guys never did any touring with the Dickies in the U.S. No, I saw them a few times in the U.S. Uh, we. Uh, it I just seems like one, seems like in, a good match, you know. I thought so. Yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, playing with them at those shows in switzerland and you know we got along pretty well with everybody um the um i remember i think it was in 88 uh they were touring with as the opening act for the ramones and they were actually a lot better than the ramones on that tour because he was not in very good shape uh. um they um but yeah they they were fantastic i they played here in indianapolis at the vogue theater uh opening for their moans and they were <laughs> phenomenal it was a really great show um what the heck was i gonna where, where was i going with that where know. was i going you know i don't know dickies again i don't know you know what you know what i got in my mind i'm just gonna spit it out now it doesn't necessarily in any order but i saw a flyer ba that i had never seen before and i think it was late 80s and i think it was in chicago but you don't have to correct me if i'm wrong but at some point sloppy seconds played with a very young version of dancing um we opened for uh dancing here in indianapolis actually oh, was it Indy? The, okay yeah it was at a place called the um i don't know at the time whether it was the arlington theater or the ritz but it was the same venue um and um, yeah, he was on tour for um, that first solo album, and as a matter of fact, his encore was that um, Elvis song, Trouble, and it hadn't been recorded at that point. It was ah. just a live cover he was doing. So, yeah, that was, yeah, we opened for Danzig on that first album tour. Was it like, it was just a, just a one-off show, right? Yeah, yeah, we were, we were just... Um, offered the opening local. slot as we were in town um and we were i don't know if we were the only band in support but um we were one of them for sure did you have was was destroyed out yet then or were you still kind of just more or less a local band um i think we were probably uh done recording destroyed but i don't think it had been released at that point so yeah, and, we we were we were just a band on the local scene. Did you um did you get to meet the Dark Lord Glenn Danzig? Um, I didn't actually speak to him, but you know, at at the end of the show, he was uh, just kind of um, uh, standing on stage after the crowd had left and everything. I think uh, our guitarist Danny uh, talked to him a little bit that night, but it was. You know, just to say, hey, great show, man. And then I think Glenn said something like, yeah, but this is the third night in a row without monitors. I'm getting kind of sick of this. 
That's so funny. I mean, he he was actually in a pretty uh, mellow mood, all things considered. Hmm. So there was no bonding. I've heard some horror stories, but uh, there was no bonding between you and he as the frontman of the band. Like there's no meaning of the minds. Oh no, no. I mean, he. I, I. I. don't even know if he saw our set or anything. You know. I mean, it was. We. We. We were just local kids opening for a touring bands. So. Well, of course, he had the misfits. You know, sort of like the misfits uh, mystique around him still. But the fact of the matter is, they weren't. You know, they weren't. Hadn't really made it yet at that point either. But. Of course. No, but man, he, that that first album, he just had such an incredible band. The I first mean, two. The that, first that was two. Amazing. The first two albums are really great, even the first three. But yeah, the the original band kind of broke up after the first three or four albums, and it just was never the same. Now he's making like horny grandpa, like softcore horror porno <laughs> flicks or something. <laughs> yes, doing he well. is. Indeed, he he's, is. Yes, he's doing well for himself. Strange vampire movies, yeah, and making lots Sorry. of money at Riot Fest, apparently. Yeah, those Misfits yeah. reunions are huge, and and I don't know, not very authentic. Did you ever see like the classic? Don't I know it? We're gonna have to compete against one. <laughs> are you? Is that where's that? It, well, not about? directly, but um, uh, the same night of that uh, one off that they're playing in Dallas were three hours. Oh, down oh they're doing their. I thought I'm like I'm like I hope you're not giving us uh, information about uh, that. You shouldn't be telling us about. Uh, <laughs> About rebellion. about rebellion that we're gonna yeah. Out later. <laughs> oh yeah yeah they're doing that halloween show yeah yeah right. probably rebellion probably couldn't afford them right well yeah because because oh. those their tickets are stupid expensive it's like 100 bucks for nosebleeds i'll take a 20 dollar sloppy second show any day of the week plus it's just, right it seems very inauthentic to see the misfits in a hockey rink i i really can't i can't get behind that you know um did you ever see them back in the day like the original run no, no, I, um, I think I saw, well, I was, I'm, I know I'm mispronouncing this, but I saw Sam Hain once. Um, oh, dear, that's cool. Alan, but, uh, um, yeah, I saw them actually in Bloomington. I think they were playing at a little, um, uh, auditorium in a library. Yeah, it's funny. Cause like the box set comes with this like live dvd and it's shot at like a vfw hall it literally looks like every band's first gig it's so strange that the same yeah. misfits sort of took a step back with that sam Hain project but well, what did you I'm, think what did you think of that because i mean i i obviously the, the misfit stuff i like but um sam Hain and his solo stuff i never got into but like was sam Hain kind of in the middle between the misfits and dancing music wise or was it was it still yeah, very metal Kind of weird, it, it was really. a lot more kind of goth metal, I thought. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they would throw in a couple um, misfit songs, but you know, it, it would be like things like "All Hell Breaks Loose," but or, real uh, slow, yeah, like different. Yeah, versions. And, they, and they do those fast versions of horror business, which I don't like at all. <clears throat> uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. That that's just never been my kind of thing. I I. Um, I Unlike a lot of people uh, my age, even I never even like got into a lot of the '80s metal, like Metallica or any of that. So me and you both, uh, my friend, me and you both. This is this yeah, is yeah. I don't know. It just never really appealed to me. I like I like some glammy stuff, but uh, yeah, most most metal I'm just not. Uh, 
I, I've just never really gotten into it all. Sorry, okay, see, this, Tom, this is such a perfect, this is the perfect, literally the perfect segue. I mean, cool. you couldn't have... You couldn't have set this up any better accidentally, Neil, if you tried. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> so tell me, B.A., how this hit the lights, this cover of Metallica's <laughs> hit the lights that you end up doing. Because I see I see Cleopatra. Cleopatra clearly has a little bit of money. And is it just they just make you an offer you can't refuse? Or how did these weird compilations come about tell, tell me the history of you recording the great the great fantastic amazing metallica track hit the lights <laughs> well we were invited to appear on this tribute now at the time our drummer steve worked in a record store okay. so he you know he would play these um 80s metal albums constantly and he knew all the material um now, you know, an ace prior to joining up with us had been in a uh, cover band that played the circuit. So he, he was playing all kinds of 80s metal and alternative rock and stuff before he hooked up with us. But I personally, literally, I had never heard the song before Steve said, well, we've been invited to appear on a Metallica compilation, so let's pick out the song we're going to do. And if if you listen to the way we play it, it is nothing like Metallica. No, no, it's, it's basically yeah, it's, Motorhead it's, doing a cover of Metallica. That's yeah, real spastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I we Boba and I had to learn that song from scratch. We had never heard the song before. I've, ne- I've never heard it. To we be honest. signed on to record it. it. Was on the first first Metallica album, Kill 'Em All. Yeah, yeah hit the lights. It's uh. Yeah, and once I heard it, I was like, well, of all the songs I've heard, this sounds like the one we could probably tackle. And everybody agreed. We said, if we're going to do a one-off Kill em All, that's probably the one we should do. Hmm. So They get some amazing bands to appear on these things, Neil. Like that one, I actually had that one on CD. I don't know if it ever came out on vinyl or not. But once again, it, it had like Agent Orange. It had vibrators. You know, it had a bunch of flipper. It does like a real killer version of sabotage doa on that one i think or i think doa is too but doa has a way of like like they probably took five minutes to learn their song and it sort of shows you know what i mean i think they did did they do motor breath they did i'm looking at the i'm looking at the uh, the compilation right now i think you're right yeah dd ramon is on it dd ramon's on it yeah he did jump into the fire right yep yeah which is funny it's just funny that they can convince all you guys to do this thing you know that's what i'm saying they just throw some money at you and you just like, what the hell kind of a situation i don't i don't i i don't think we made any money off of it so we were just, just so, so to just appear on it so we uh, <laughs> we had a friend who had a um garage studio i don't think we paid for like prime recording time or anything we just uh just we probably thought this uh couple hundred dollars to record and mix it so so so, it, so it was more about getting it's more about like exposure than anything else huh? it wasn't like a like yeah cliff. we used to do that a lot you know sure, if, sure. if we got an invite to appear on something you know a, a tribute album or something we did that alice cooper tribute and that track ended up being a bonus track we used later on stuff like oh that. yeah yeah your version is serious yeah that's a great that's a great tune i one of the i have like th- three different versions of uh of destroyed on CD, and one of them has that. I think the Metal Blade version has that. Mm, okay, that makes cover sense. of Serious. See, I didn't even put that one on the list, Neil. 
But so, all right, let's. let's no, like, I was, let's, no, just, just let me say that. So that that is actually really interesting because when you see people do these compilations, like you know, a tribute to the Clash or a tribute to whoever, I just always assumed that the bands were like really, really into the people they were doing the tribute to. So that's that's really interesting that you didn't even you didn't even know the song. Well, that, well that's, that's just me, though. I mean, no, I, that's fine. Like, well, you, you're pretty there, important there, to the band. There's tons of people in bands that are my age, and they like will be talking about, uh, you know, I, I guess um, Dave Lombardo is drumming for this Misfits reunion, right? Yeah. And somebody had to tell me who Dave Lombardo is. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I for so many Slayer, Venom, any of that stuff. I just have no idea. Yeah, well, yeah. well, he played for Slayer, but he he's he's a real accomplished drummer. He's the, he's also the current Suicide Tendencies drummer. Oh yeah, and he's amazing. I was really impressed at uh, his playing, but you know, but I didn't honestly, I didn't know who he was. Hard to get these really precise metal guys playing the Misfits, right? Though it never quite has the right feel to me. But that's a that's a story for a different day. All right, so. I'll tell you what. Let's play this song, Neil. Let's see what. Let's let the listeners decide okay. whether or not this was a good. But oh, no, what I was going to say before I said this. So there's all kinds of these things. Cleopatra just knocks these out. Like, like there's a punk tribute to Nirvana, and it's got like you know Flipper and like all these bands. It's really it's they yeah. have the ability to put these things together. So anyway, but this is Sloppy Seconds. This is on. I can't remember what it's called. A punk. Tribute, Tribute to Metallica, Metallica. Or something yep, like that. that's it. Yep, on Cleopatra Records or Anarchy Music or one of their subsidiaries or whatever it is. But this, yeah, this is Sloppy Seconds doing Hit the Lights.
All right, hit the lights there from the slow. What do you think, Neil? What do you think? Um, I I don't know really, and I have to say this album it's got the it's got the cheesiest cover I have ever seen. Oh yeah, it looks it's like, like, like the kind of thing like, like pre photoshopped. It's the kind of thing that you know back in the eighties when it would be you know you'd get the advert on TV to call you know to dial up and get like all these country hits on one CD or something <laughs> like that. That's exactly what this looks like. Maybe it was done on purpose. I think like when that. we got our uh, promo copies, we said Mike. God, is this the best they could do? Yeah, really. It took about all of two minutes. Now, and I have to say, uh, Tom, you, have you heard this album? You have it? I have it, yeah. Okay. So how is Vice Squad doing Enter Sandman? I, can, I can't yeah, even was, imagine There's it. a few standouts. See, the ones that are the best are the ones where they don't try to follow the formula too much. Like I said, Flipper's version of Sad But True, and, and, and that's later Metallica, not really their best era, but Flipper's version of Sad But True is pretty arresting, man. There's a couple of real cool things on there. Mm-hmm. And but, Agent Orange's version of Seek and Destroy is really cool, too. But I'm guessing yeah. the Vice Squad into Sandman is pretty lousy. I'm probably well, but what is the Vice Squad? Are they a real band at this point, even? I mean, Vice like, Squad? Well, it's Becky and, and I mean, some is, other dudes. It, it, yeah, exactly. Some other dudes. That's exactly right. <laughs> Even though I say that, and that's probably unkind, because the other dudes are probably being in a band for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they, they were one of the better bands uh, playing when we did that uh, uh, package tour back in 99. Oh, Social, Social Chaos? Right, Social Chaos. Yeah, they they were really good. I enjoyed See, I don't them think, every... I don't think they were on the... See, because that, that had a lot of bands kind of came in and out, right? Kind of cycled in and out over the course of it. Yeah, but they were they were on every show. Oh, were they? Okay, were you guys on every show? Yeah, they they were on every show. Um, the Vibrators, we they played right after us every night, so that was great. And then, or actually, yeah, they played right after us, and then um, uh, DOA. The and actually, it was the original lineup of Chelsea played that tour too. Huh, good old Gene oh. October. Well, no, not yeah, the original, yeah, cool. not, not the original lineup because Billy Idol wasn't playing guitar. <laughs> well, I suppose that's true. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The, 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 the original recorded lineup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something. Spoiler alert: the Misfits playing in Dallas are not the original Misfits, no matter what it says in the sign. You can say it's three quarters <laughs> of the classic Misfits, but you can't yeah, classic, call yeah, exactly. Because BA knows Bobby Steele should be up there playing second guitar, not some rented gu- hired gun. I don't know if Bobby's too difficult to deal with or what, but he should, he should be up there. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of bad blood there. And I, I don't think the guys that are on stage particularly like each other much, but um, I, I think they uh, worked the pay, out the obviously a business deal at some point. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no better reason for a band to be playing than truest motive, a business deal. <laughs> yeah. Rake in lots of cash. That's right. So. Why don't we why don't we talk a little bit about well I'll tell you what let's do one more one more sort of segment before we start getting into the tour dates because you guys are going on tour in October you're going to be yeah. on you're you actually are covering a lot of geography this time around even though it's sort of oh and I know it south <laughs> sort of south you're going to Texas which must be a big market for you guys because you go to Texas every few years it seems like right well uh, we haven't been back for a good five or six years at this point but yeah that was our uh, texas was definitely our best market um we um when i was setting up our dates myself we would uh, normally play at least six shows in texas alone 
Well, there's a lot uh, of big cities. There were just that cities. many great markets for us to play down there. Huh. So, I, it, it's it'd be too cliche to ask you what your like smallest show was or your worst show because I'm sure you've had shows where it was like three guys. I don't the, mind. It's funny. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say because I'm sure you've done shows where it's like three guys, the bartender, and the dog, right? The kind of there, the yeah. There were there were definitely had our share of those early on. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, one funny story about one. Uh, we were playing. I honestly, at this point, I can't remember whether it was in Vermont or New Hampshire, but we were playing along the East Coast, and um, we were playing this. Like, I guess it was kind of like a sports bar or something, and there was this drunken old hag saying. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe they didn't remember the words to Hotel California. I mean, I don't even know how they do karaoke in this place anymore. And I was like, my fucking God, are you kidding me? So uh, uh, we decided, you know, that the support band uh, that was opening for us were really nice guys. And we told the management, look, give them our money because this is ridiculous. They said, Oh no, no, no. There's plenty of people. I said, nobody is here to see us. Uh, the, the opening band might like us, but that's it. So we walked on stage and I said, uh, Hey, we're sloppy seconds. And this is a complete waste of our time. And we played pond again and walked off. I <laughs> dropped my pants and we just walked off the stage. <laughs> oh, you dropped your pants intentionally as opposed to accidentally. Like last time I saw you. Right, yeah. No, no, it was quite intentional. <laughs> That's great. What's the what's the biggest crowd you ever played for? Was it punk rock bowling or like Europe when you were Oh in yes. Yeah, yeah. Punk rock bowling was the biggest. Um I I don't know. Just looking at that uh picture from the stage, I would guess there's between five and six thousand people in that crowd. And you guys were uh, on kind of you guys were on the side stage. You weren't on the main stage, but yeah, the people really pack in that alley, right? Yeah, but the way they set it up was really brilliant. I thought because it was, um, yeah, we we were on what they called the Fulton Street stage, which was not in the big open grassy area. But uh, they would time the set so they were exactly five minutes apart, yep. right? So that um, as soon as I think in our case it was. Um, the Vandal had finished up their set on the big stage. Everybody had time to walk over to the second uh, staging area to see our set. And I, it was huge. I mean, that, yeah, that was by far the biggest crowd we played for. Now we played some other festivals that had really good sized crowds, probably 2000, 3000, but that was easily the biggest. So like, so you, you haven't actually played rebellion before then. Not Rebellion. We did play Holidays in the Sun. Yeah, that was, was kind of the precursor. Yeah, that was the precursor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because okay. those big rooms, the big, well, of course, I don't know. It's inside. Maybe they don't have that many. You know, I guess I'm picturing, problem is we got, we, we, we used to go to Riot Fest in Chicago, which was so ridiculously huge where some of the bigger bands would draw 20, 30,000 people easily, which oh. is insane. Yeah, it's it horrible. sucks, honestly. Yeah, yeah not, and I... It's not yeah, fun. But you can't get anywhere near the stage at those shows. You know? No. So I, I wonder about, would I enjoy seeing a show like that? I'm not sure. 
No, you wouldn't, because you're watching Fear play at 3 o'clock in the afternoon so that they can get off stage so that some crappy emo <laughs> band gets down. to play after yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, um, or maybe Nas or something. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I was like... Yeah, that's, I, the thing that, that's the thing that kills me about uh, Riot Fest is, like, so many of the acts aren't even like remotely punk. No, no, they've, no. they've just given up on that. They yeah. just straight up given up on it. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, but talking about what you were just saying about the crowd, it, it, I was there, was it four years ago, maybe on the Saturday and the descendants played and I got yeah. reasonably close to the stage, maybe like six or eight people back or whatever. Cause I was there a little bit earlier and, um, it, I mean, it was really crowded around us, and it was only when the when the band was like two songs in. I look back to see, oh, maybe I want to go to the bathroom or something. There was absolutely no way. It was absolutely packed, like you know, for like two hundred yards behind us. Even I mean, it was just uh-huh. no way you were getting out of there. And if you were, if you were inclined for a panic attack or something, you'd have been freaked out at that goddamn place because there was nowhere to go. There was absolutely nowhere to go. So yeah, well, weird. once again, descendants are playing at like. Six o'clock, right? And it was, yeah. They were. I think Thursday, it was playing at you know nine o'clock in the dark or one of these weird emo. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think the Descendants played and then Social D played after them. I think and then okay, that was last year. I went then. I think your Social D played. Maybe wow, different. I can't remember. Well, I, I can't there, remember. I was <laughs> I was there for Morrissey because Morrissey played, so that was good for me. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you what. All right, we're gonna do a song, and then we're going to. I'm going to let B.A. go through the dates that are coming up, and we'll talk about some of the opening acts and the venues, because you know, they're playing a lot of kind of classic classic punk rooms, I know. Cool. And uh, they got some great openers, and you know, a lot of bands that we've talked to over the years. And uh, so the song, the next song, B.A., that you, I saw you guys put this on your Facebook page, and I always love this song. It was from your last album, um, Endless Bummer. And I always feel like... Uh, it's making a little bit of sport of people like myself, actually. It's P.O. Box 33046. Ah. <laughs> so do you still have that P.O. Yeah, Box? Yeah, I posted it a few days ago on our site, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you still have that P.O. Box? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and what I always tell everybody now is even though people rarely send paper mail to us anymore, I really can't get rid of it because it's, it's on immortalized the CD now, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, but when people ask for our address, I give it to them, and they're like, so that's real? That's actually your piece? I said, yeah, what the hell? Do you think I made it up? Well, you, know, uh, you know this song, right, Neil? Uh, I don't actually know. Okay, it's on the last album. Yeah, POX 3 and, and the reason I feel slightly victimized every time I hear it is because BA's talking about, you know, what they really want is some, you know, hot young, like uh, Tesco V used to say, some young nubiles. But what they get is big, fat, drunk. Yes, okay, I have heard guy. it. Yeah, okay, now yeah, I know what you're exactly. talking about. Yep, I know it. <laughs> so, yes, we do. We do fit the, uh, Tom, have you, writ- have you written to this P.O. box, Tom? This is the question. I have not, no. no. Okay. Well. When I finally lose it, maybe I'll send them my ear or something. <laughs> There you go, PA. Look out for it here. Yeah. Like, like right. there you go. Actually, in the, in the back of my mind right now, Neil, I'm going, my wife's really, you know, she really, she's very been very good to me over the years. If I start floating the idea of rebellion, like, tonight, you know, just while we're watching Cobra Kai or whatever. Yeah, yes. Like, hey, uh, look at this lovely picture of Blackpool. Doesn't it look nice? Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe we could do our England trip next year, you know, I'm thinking maybe next next fall. And, you know, by the, by the time six months roll down, we'll have our 
tickets booked and we'll be like yeah <laughs> uh you know every every young woman dreams of a honeymoon in blackpool <laughs> yes indeed at least every 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 one Every white trash with no teeth in England does. Anyway, yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So this is from this is from Endless Bummer. This is uh this is P.O. Box three three oh four six. Start the day, punch the clock, go to check the P.O. box, but I wish that it wasn't me. When I see what you send me, but I won't ring your cellular. There you go. That was BA's dedication to Tom. P.O. Box. No, it was not. It was not. It was not his dedication. <laughs> I'll have you know that song was written before I think I ever met Tom. But that's still. true. We didn't, <laughs> yes, we really didn't get to know you guys until after that album came out. Yeah, I was trying to think how many shows it's been. I, we it's been around twenty shows since two thousand eight, I think. But there's been years where we couldn't go. You know, occasionally a family commitment will stop us from, you know, <laughs> death and our, family our adventures. Yeah. But it's, it's well, always a pleasure to see you guys in the venue when we uh, come into those places. Well, we'll surprise you. Oh, I, I'm sure they're we'll here. All right, I'm sure we'll surprise you at some point this year too. But it might not be where you think. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Wow, get the security, uh, well, BA. Get security. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, you no, know, I'm glad you better. picked that song though because. Um, 
uh, I I thought of all the songs on the on that particular album, that one had the best mix. Uh, it, mm. it sounded really powerful in a way that a lot of times our recordings don't. So. Mm. Well, it's, yeah, it's 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 funny because you guys, yeah, you guys have four full lengths. You know, it's like every in, every song is sort of essential. The other one you posted recently was "Smashed Again," which, man, I hadn't thought about that song for a while. Um, when we first started coming to see you guys, you always used to play "Kill the Trendy," but that one's been out of the set for a few years. Is it time to bring that one back? You think? Um, I I always like doing it because it's kind of a, a change of uh, tempo in the set. You know, I mean. I like when we do some of the mid-tempo things, and that one's got a little air in it too, because um, you know Ace's guitar riff in there yeah. is um, kind of uh, swinging and doesn't really, you know, he's not power cording through the whole thing. Sure. So I, I like doing that one live a lot. I think uh, Steve uh, kind of wanted to drop it for a while because he didn't think it was getting a stronger uh, reaction as it did the first few years we were playing it, but. Uh, I, I don't think it would be any problem to bring it back. You know, I mean, it's one of those ones that uh, came to us really easily, so it'd be well, easy to resurrect. For those, it's funny because we have seen you so many times now. Scott and I have seen you so many times that it's like we sort of live, because you, like you said, you have those sort of 12 boilerplate songs you always play or whatever, but we sort of live for like the oddball song that we hadn't heard before or the one we hadn't heard you and me both brother but it's kind of blurry now as far as can't even really remember what we heard and what haven't heard i remember like the first time we heard veronica it's like oh they played veronica that's cool but now i like i said it's really i I don't know that you i don't know that we could remember like what was played what hasn't been played but uh i I can tell you a few that we've never played (laughs) what's did you ever play hit the lights live I bet you didn't. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think we ever will. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Just a goof. Now we did. Uh, I think we did play. We're not going to take it on stage. <laughs> you know what's funny? I had that on my short list of songs because actually, if what's the what's the history of that? I would love to hear the story behind that. It's such a great song. Not a. It's boy. It's forty years old. And it's still like really timeless. What? What? How did you guys end up recording that? Um, I think at the time we were supposed to do, uh, we were approached to do a single for a label. And, um, I think that was before we had, uh, started recording the, um, uh, endless bummer album. So it would have been Mm. probably in early 2000s. We were probably still on nitro at the time. So it might've been recorded as a B side we were thinking of doing. But then we ended up um, doing that whole uh, Garbage Day cover record. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, there were a couple songs that, um, and that really wouldn't have fit on there because those were all more or less punk songs. But uh, um, it just seemed like one that, you know, I think Ace knew it from his bar band days, you know, so he uh, ran through it once with us, and it was not hard for us to do. And um incredibly similar to our style interestingly enough yeah actually Um, absolutely but um uh i think we play it too straight to ever make it an official release it's just kind of on the nose i think and um but um you know like when we recorded um the uh tracks for uh the garbage days record there were a couple that 
ended up uh, not making the cut, so we ended up using um, Can't Stand Rock and Roll as a B-side. Oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Kill Joy Ramone. And I think... I don't know where this recording is because I'd, I'd love to take another listen to it, but we did a amped-up cover of um, the old Jerry Lee Lewis song, um, What's Made Milwaukee Famous Has Made a Loser Out of Me. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, which which is kind of a uh honky tonk real slow piano ballad but uh um we kind of did a charged almost i wouldn't say rockabilly but kind of just amped up rock and roll version of it hmm. so there's somewhere out there there's enough material for the next seven inches or whatever you want to call it huh uh yeah and we're we're thinking about uh digging up some of our stray tracks and maybe just putting it out um well, of course, you had that. You had that album. You know, you had obviously, you know, but the, the first seven inches and then some. You could do like a yeah, something like similar to that, right? Yeah, you know, uh, I I think it'd be cool. I mean, um, and they're not going to be all uh, particularly great songs. I mean, we, uh, <laughs> we but but there's a few uh, cover versions uh, lying around and some songs that never made it onto uh, More Trouble Than They're Worth or Endless Bummer. So, uh, and they're not terrible songs. They just didn't necessarily fit or they weren't, um, maybe the lyrics were a little hokey and uh, we eventually just got tired of them. So, hmm. I don't know. It could be. We'll see. You know what? You know what? Let's, I, I do have one more question. So, so a couple more recording questions because being the record buying public that we are so is there is there any progress on trying to get the rights to the um nitro stuff i mean if you're legally allowed to speak about it or whatever is that is that ongoing or is there any any, any movement in that um i think we're trying to figure out exactly who it is we need to talk to because i think the label was sold yeah yeah by, uh, probably two or Dexter three times and, um I think the bass player had a stake in uh, uh, Nitro also. But it's been sold to an uh, independent uh, businessman as like an investment. So um, I think it would be perfectly logical when we find out who we need to talk to to say, uh, look, uh, you're just sitting on these tapes. Why don't you put the thing out or um, give it back uh, to us? Sell it back to us, yeah. Yeah, well, especially when, if it's in a big investment firm, they're not going to want to mess around with anything that's not selling huge, huge quantities. You know, yeah. Some, and that's some smaller label, what, like, some smaller label, could be, be twenty-four, to twenty-five years old now. Yeah. So, uh, um, and also, um, I also kind of think uh, that uh, if uh, we were able to put it out you know i mean this kills me um when i see what vinyl copies of that record are going for yeah it's crazy that's insane i mean it's i mean great i mean i'm glad people want it that much but i don't i can't believe anybody's paying those prices for it that's it's peak it's peak vinyl market right now, man. It's it's insane. I've and never those, seen vinyl for lower than eighty dollars, and well, it and that was one twenty. But that was CD era stuff, you know. That was all. That was all CD era releases. 
So right. the, the other thing, so I, I would love to see those eventually. You license them to somebody else or whatever. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I know there's a couple. I, of people I hope we'll get the tracks back so. somehow. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, you got a couple of singles coming out. I know they're in the works. They're not secret. Matt mm-hmm. announced them. Is there is there a date on that, or are you pretty much just slave to the uh, pressing plans at this point, or prisoner, I should say, to the pressing plans? I think uh, Failure's already got the uh, uh, recordings and the artwork, uh, and I've heard the other tracks, and they're really going to be good. Mm. So, uh, um, yeah, it's a couple splits we're doing with uh, failure again and yep. it's I, ca- I can't wait they're good and they're going to be really nice packages too because uh, um one one thing i love about uh working with matt swisher i mean the guy is all about marketing <laughs> he knows exactly what's going to make a record sell and yep. he he's uh, he's a dream I, I love that's so, that's so that's so funny you say that because because Matt and I have worked together on several of these things and we, neither of us have any idea what we're doing. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. What? All right. Okay. Oh, I I want to before we go any further, uh, yeah. Tom, you're a Michigan man, so this is important. Um, yes. I have found. Um, I think it's no secret I'm a Scotchman, uh, mm. but. Um, I, the only blended scotch that I don't mix is Johnny Walker black, but you know, usually if I've got any kind of blended scotch, I have a scotch and Coke or scotch and soda or something like that. Sure. Burners is the best mixer for blended scotch in the world. Is that right? That's weird. So it's, it's talk about a perfect melding of taste. Uh, yeah, a blended scotch and Verner's. Wow. Uh, I would have never seen it. Incredible. Huh. What's Verner's? Verner's what? It, what is that? It's a Michigan ginger. It's ginger soda. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. I'm not a big ginger ale person. I, probably because, you know, my mom made me drink it when I was sick or, what, or yeah. something. I don't know. That's what, that's what my dad it, used to have in all his whiskey. He used to have whiskey and ginger all the time. It's so. not as dry as regular ginger ale, though. Verner's ginger soda has a little, almost uh uh, I wouldn't say root beer, but almost like a sarsaparilla taste to it. Hmm. Hey, Tom, yeah. what can, so, what, I mean, it, it, it's got more of a hearty taste than a regular ginger ale. Huh. What brand of whiskey were you talking about yesterday, Tom, that I'd never heard of? Oh, <laughs> well, I, I was just saying I went to two weddings. One of them was very high end, and they had Four Roses, which I know sounds like it could be a two. <laughs> really good. Four Roses is really good for is really good, like drugstore whiskey um and the other one had kessler's which is <laughs> kessler's. Not quite as good you know kessler's ba smooth as silk right right that's that stuff i'm drinking in that picture of me when i'm like eight years old <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean i'm not saying it's, it's the top fifth of kessler's yeah it's, or a pint you know neil if you go to the drugstore right or wherever you buy your liquor if you reach all the way down at the bottom that's pretty much the stuff that the people who live under the bridge drink <laughs> But it's perfectly acceptable to go one shelf up from that. That's where the Kessler's is at. Uh, it's all right. So what's that stuff on the bottom shelf? What is that? It's like 5 o'clock or uh, like Heaven's Hill or something like that. Just the, you know, the real real raunchy stuff. You knew it all by heart. Get a half Pop gallon. Off the <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. half gallon for 10 bucks. <laughs> 
Anyway, all right. So, okay, let's play another song. What, what other uh, sloppy songs did I send you? Uh, you know what? You want to? We? You mind if we play an Ultraman song? Ba, mix it up a little bit. Then we can get into your. No, theory. no, go ahead. Whatever you want. Um. Okay, introduce Ultraman a bit because I have no idea who they are. OG St. Louis punk band. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> played with them a few times when we uh, um, used to play at Fubar. Uh, the last couple times we uh, yep yeah we were there was, we were there. I'm pretty sure yeah, we were there last we were. time we were there yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah so we cool. played with uh, cool Ultraman a couple times um they they their first album was called Freezing Inside is that their second album I can't remember but they they got a couple albums out there real cool you know, they're they're cool this is from their first album it's called Egg Boy this is Ultraman Egg Boy. <laughs> Okay, that was Ultraman from St. Louis with Egg Boy, which is... That was from their first album, which I think is called Freezing Inside, but maybe it's called Non-Existent. It is, Freezing Inside, 1989. Okay. It's the first track. Yes, indeed. There we go. Yep. There we go. Well done. Good man. All right, so I'm going to let B.A. go through these dates. So B.A. got home from doing something. He was helping a buddy or something, and he's been drinking, but I don't think he ever got a chance to eat. So we're going to get drunk B.A. here eventually <laughs> if we don't go through these dates. So Excellent. Well, let's talk about... I've been drinking Scotch and Verners as I've been talking to you. Scotch nice. and Verners. So, okay, so tell us about... Write yeah, so it down, Neil. You're going to want to know. <laughs> I'll get you some, I'll get you some, Neil. I'm coming to see you in a couple weeks. I'll bring you some uh, 
I'll bring you some Verners. You, some, you, are, are you like ginger ale or not? Some Verners like and some Kessler. Yes, that'll be great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, scotch, man. <laughs> so you're so you're starting down in Louisville this year, which actually we saw you in Louisville too with the Queers many many years ago. Oh yeah, that was a great show. That was uh, a huge show. Yeah, yeah, it was big. It was good. The Queers, uh, Vice Tricks played, and I yep, think. Yep. Uh, be my doppelganger, I think. Yeah, yeah so that you, was, that was you a were absolutely good. right. Well, you got a good memory, my friend. You know, Neil, you would have loved Vice Tricks. They had this real foxy uh, female bass player, stand-up nice. bass player. Oh, stand-up. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Excellent. Kind of a social D kind of sound, but the real foxy bass player, man. What was the name of the still, band? Vice Tricks. Looking them up right now. Can you still say foxy? I think you. I think we can. Mom, no, we other, can. other people yeah, maybe can. not, but we can. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yes. So all right, yeah, so let's do a knockout in a um, goth rockabilly kind of way. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you do the talking, BA. So tell us about your itinerary. This so you're leaving October. You're starting on October the twenty second or some twenty second, twenty first. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's a typical nine ten day outing for us, um, which we've been doing in October the past couple of years, October, September. Uh, so this time I just wanted to make sure I'd allowed myself uh, time to heal up from my surgery so I'd be able to get around okay. And I'm feeling really good about it. Can so, you uh, kick? Can you high kick? I was I was giving you a hard time about like like, like David Lee Roth with his karate leaps. Can you do that? Can you can you dunk? What can you do? As well as I ever could. Let me put yeah. it that way. <laughs> he can walk downstairs, Tom. Just leave him alone. Jesus. <laughs> you know what? That's that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, a rubber spring can walk downstairs, Slinky. <laughs> so. Yes, you got a new nickname, my friend. Right, yeah, Slinky. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, um, yeah, we're kicking it off uh, this time in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, at uh, the Mag Bar. That's uh, Friday, October 21st, and... Um, I think that's a pretty small room. It's probably about the size of like the Melody Inn to give you a mm, comparison. So like 150 maybe tops. Yeah, yeah, probably not much over 100 in that room. Um, but if anybody uh, from the area can't uh, make it to that show before it sells out, uh, Saturday, October 22nd, we will be in the Cincinnati area at the Southgate House Revival in newport kentucky so you mean a big room there that's a pretty good size venue right yeah yeah and we've we played there before when we were out on that tour with uh marky ramon and the intruders so it, it yeah it's a good venue i'm well, i was gonna say it's different yeah. now they moved it used to be in that sweet old mansion now yeah. it's an old church mm, okay so it, i guess it'll be a new venue but under it's, the but same it's, no it's then. it's cool though you'll dig it um and you got the Raging Nathans playing that show with you. They're they're cool cool dudes, friends of ours. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I uh, listened to all the bands that uh, the promoter uh, put in support on that. The Blues Lords are really good too. I uh, don't know about uh, that. Yeah, and I think Coxie's Army is the third band that's on the bill. Hmm. So, uh, yeah that that should be a really good one. I'm, and I'm hoping. Well. Usually, this is what we get. Whenever we play the Cincinnati area, you kind of draw from the whole tri-state area. So there'll be yep. people from Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio at that gig, I expect. Yep. Um, the third gig is Sunday, October 23rd in St. Louis 
at Red Flag. Which is the new FUBAR, essentially. The one with the and Ultraman. So that's the new FUBAR, right? It's like the same owners. It's just the... I think that's a... Just dead yeah, I, I think it's in the but same area, but uh, maybe across like the street across the street. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Now, that's a killer lineup, too, man. Bull Weevils and... Bull Weevils and Ultraman. That's that's just... That's a that's a killer lineup. You should get... Everybody's in the Yeah, that could be a hell of a good show. Especially yeah. for a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, Monday, October 24th, we'll be um, heading over to Ace's hometown, Nashville. We'll yes. be at uh, uh, the Cobra. And... Uh, that show is with Hans Condor and Waxed are the support band. Hmm. Um, so that's a Monday night. And then um, Tuesday, October 25th, we'll be playing in Atlanta at the Star Bar. And let me see if I've got the lineup right here. The now, I know you have, one, you have one great band that I know, like I think is one of the first bands. They're actually kind of a street punk band. Uh one of the guys from the Antiheroes, it's called, they're called the Hanging Judge. They're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they're on the bill. Um, let's see, it says Dusty Booze and the Baby Haters. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Great deal. That's I, a good one. Huh? I, now, if that's the same band that we played with last time we were in Atlanta, they are awesome. Atlanta's got uh, a good little scene, I think, actually. Yeah. yeah, they were a blast last time we played down there. I'm pretty sure they were on the bill when we... Uh, um, played at uh, God, what was the name of that place? Um, <laughs> they have an album yeah. called they have they have an album called Late Night Scumbag Revival. <laughs> oh, they're, they're so much fun! And I think they, uh, I'm trying to, I think they did like a Wayne County. No, 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 they did uh, uh, that old uh, R and B gospel song. I was saved, and it, oh, they're amazing, great. <laughs> Very blasphemous. Very blasphemous. Oh it's, yes, yeah. So, I, I I think they had like a their singer had a pentagram painted on his chest and saying I was saved. It was really great. <laughs> hey, so it's interesting that the Atlanta show because originally you guys were going to do some kind of a pool party or something. I was like, wow, that seems really rad. But then it ended up becoming more of a traditional uh, bar show. Huh? Well, from what I understand, uh, we've been working with the same promoter down there for like probably. 10 or 15 years um, promote chaos. It's uh, Ali Sosmer. And um, she, uh, I think she is having like a pre-show pool party. And I, I think we're probably going to uh, uh, put in an appearance at that before we actually go over to the venue. So oh, that's cool. provided uh, our transportation doesn't create any issues, we'll probably get there in the afternoon and attend this uh pre-show pool party and then go over to the star bar for the main show and the other band on the bill that night is the i guess named triangle fire and mm. um, Not nearly that's, um that's mm. a a young group that um the promoter's really interested in giving a good break so she wanted cool. to put her on a good show so, cool um and then we have a hellacious drive from atlanta to st louis no, not not St. Louis, New Orleans. Ah, um, yes. Yeah, Atlanta to New Orleans the very next day. And we're going to be at um, a venue called Santos, which looks like it's pretty much the regular stop for every good punk band that comes through. 
Um, and the bands on the bill, if I can get this, the pallbearers are playing, and what a wait. Uh, so, last two times we went through it, um, New Orleans, we had pretty good shows during the week. So, I'm expecting this probably will maybe even be better because it sounds like this is more of an established venue. I think the last few times we played Siberia down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the classic. Yeah, that's the classic point. Yep. I don't know if that place is still operating or not, but uh, it sounds like this Santos is a really great stop. Cool. Um, then we hit Texas, which was kind of the um, goal of putting up all these dates in the first place. Uh, Thursday, October 22nd, we'll be playing in San Antonio, which is might uh, be the sloppy seconds capital of the United States, honestly. <laughs> um, Was it, is it because you played that big festival down there a few years ago? No, or I think we got booked at that festival because, just because well, of our reputation in San Antonio, honestly. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, Did you right after I give you the rest of these dates, I will tell you exactly why we're so popular uh, in uh, that particular region. Um, <laughs> we, um, we're going to be at a place called, uh, the rock box, which I believe is part of a, um, a larger facility there downstairs at, um, what's the name of the main venue? Um, the rock box complex, San Antonio's premier live. And geez. Um, so it sounds like that place you played in GR where they got multiple different size rooms and stuff. Like yeah, that. I think there are different staging areas inside the complex, sure. um, but um, um, that should be a really good show. We're the support bands on that bill are uh, Knockin' Chucks, Filthy and the Muff Divers. That has real potential. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does have potential. <laughs> yeah. Violent practice. Um, mm. That's not bad. So that not is bad. our. San Antonio gig on Thursday, October 27th. Friday, October 28th, we'll head up to Dallas. So that's uh, the date that's the same as the Misfits date? No, actually, the Misfits are playing on Saturday the 29th, but we'll be like the show you get to see the night before if you're well, flying. Well, you know what, though? If, if people are... <laughs> I would say if people are coming in, people are coming in from out of town to see that they might they might want to make a weekend out of it. That's actually that might. I know some here. people are planning to do that very thing. So um, I'm. You better do your. You better do your Where Eagles Dare cover for your encore that night. Yeah, because it couldn't possibly be done any better by the business. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You might do it better. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe uh, not. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> The venue is Three Links, where we've played before, and oh, it's yeah, in the that. Deep Ellum area of Dallas, which is the uh, arts community where a lot of the bars are. We, I think every show we've ever played in Dallas has been in Deep Ellum. Mm. Uh, we used to play the Galaxy Club all the time, and um, then we uh, played a place, I think, maybe it was called twisters or something like that and then uh, the last few times down there we've played at three links and they've been really good shows uh, the support bands on that show are the wee beasties monster wolf 
and Bullet Machine. Hmm. Uh, honestly, don't know any of those bands, although it's a good chance some of the people in the bands we've played with before in previous groups. Gotcha. Uh, and then the last night, when we're going to be going up against uh, the Misfits, who are playing in Dallas on October 29th, we'll be three and a half hours down the road in Austin at uh, Kick Butt Coffee. Uh, and at first, I had no idea what to think about that booking, but it sounds like a great venue, honestly. They, uh, they have a bar, uh, a cafe, and stage, and it looks like a lot of killer bands come through there, so I'm really excited about that one, because we always have good shows in Austin, too. Now, is, is it on is it on Sixth Street or is it in uh, is it on like the artsy part of Austin? Do you know? It says fifty-seven seventy-five Airport Boulevard. Hmm. Um, so I think it's probably like in a strip mall. Okay. Uh, but a pretty good sized venue in that strip mall. Okay. Uh, Winner of the coolest venue in the Austin Chronicle poll. Okay, so that'll be our new stop in Austin. We've probably played a dozen different venues in Austin over the years, and uh, uh, last few times it's been Red Seven. But it sounds like this will be a really good one. So, do you drive? So, you spend the night in Austin and just drive back in one chunk, or how you? Because you're going to be in your van, obviously, and you're not flying. Yeah, well, we're going to have to put. Boba, our bass player, on an airplane the next day. Oh, he's going to Seattle. Okay. Back to Indianapolis. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and we've made that drive all the way home from Texas uh, many times, and it's it's about 20 straight hours drive. So you do it in one chunk? Probably. We might, we might spend the night uh, in Austin and might get going at eight o'clock in the morning, but that would probably mean we won't be back in Indianapolis until like six in the morning the next day. Ooh, boy. Bet you that was more fun when you were in your twenties, huh? <laughs> yeah, because, um, uh, most, I, I do the majority of the driving. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's not something I'm looking forward to, but it'll come at the end of a really gratifying stretch of date. So, there I'm you okay go. with it. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what. Let's play one more song, and then you can come back and tell us why San Antonio is your home base, and then we will let you go <laughs> get some get some dinner before you fall down. Okay, cool. Sure. Your knees can only support so many beers, I suspect. <laughs> or, or, uh, <laughs> Whiskey like and ginger. Totally, yeah. Totally why switch separate. the scotch and burners at dusk? Yeah, exactly. That's like a separate equation. All right. So what song, Neil? What song should we, what other songs did I give you potentially um, to play? How about a Raging Nathan's? How about that? We haven't played them in a long time. So let's do that. That's a brand new one from them, actually. Of course, then we'll have Josh on and we'll have already played it, but that's all right. So let's do the brand new one that's from the title track of their album that isn't out yet. It's called Still Spitting Blood. <laughs>
That was the Raging Nathans from Cincinnati with still. Are they from Cincinnati? They are, right? Or are they no, Dayton? they're from Dayton. Dayton, Dayton that's right. Okay, be, yeah. yeah. They will be playing. You know, Dayton is not was within an hour or so of the state line to Kentucky and Cincinnati and all that. Yeah. It's all pretty packed in around there. Why was I thinking they were from Cincinnati? Who do we know from Cincinnati? You know, Josh plays in a band called the Dopamines that are out of Cincinnati. I don't okay. uh our buddy Ricky's down there. Hey Ricky, he'll be at the slap. Tiger show. Sex is from Cincinnati. Who who's that? Tiger Sex. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Tigers, you saw them at uh thank you. I right, did. Tom? They're uh they're they're Yeah, uh, I saw them recently too here in Indianapolis. They're a tasty drink of water, aren't they? They're, they're, they're a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean and and Kelly's really cool. She's yeah hoping we get to play together sometimes. So yeah, we should get her on yeah, no, be, we should get her on the cool. show, right? We should. You yeah, know well, I mean? unfortunately, they're going to be in Akron that night. Otherwise, they would have been on that show. Hmm. Yeah, no, no I mean, I mean, on this show, on our show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. You definitely should. I talked to her. She seemed into it, but I don't know. Either of us were in particularly good state of mind to be doing business affairs. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. All right. So, um, so what? So what's the what's the sloppy seconds? Uh, um, San Antonio connection, you know the Midwestern boys, Texas, well, uh, Texas people. Okay, the uh, very first um, tour we did after um, uh, Danny had quit the band, uh, we went out. This was before Ace had uh, auditioned, so we had um, a friend of ours sitting in on guitar, uh, Jim Locasio, who had played in a band from Philadelphia called Love Gutter that opened for us and hosted us. I'll, I'll tell you this also about um, um, Love Gutter. We had uh, gone out on our first East Coast tour and had a show booked, I believe, in Allentown, maybe, that uh, the promoter canceled without telling us. We nice. found out this was clear back in like 92, I think. So we found out from the Tang offices that the promoter had unilater- unilaterally canceled the show and not bothered to let us know. So um, that was the show. That was the tour where we ended up opening for the Descendants reunion completely by accident. Um <laughs> And that was at City Gardens in New Jersey. We had some shows lined up in um, Long Branch, New Jersey. And um, I think we drove down and played in Richmond, Virginia and uh, Newport News, Virginia. or um, Someplace down there where the military base is. And so these guys found out about the show being canceled they said look we'll put on a basement show for you and we were like thinking do we really want to play a basement show it was so cool we played in um, the basement of the drummer for love gutter rush Cahall, and they fed us they put us up for the weekend they had a keg of beer in this huge basement bands and fans from all over the greater Philadelphia area came to this gig. I think, uh, I think 
FOD was on the bill that night too, flag of democracy. And we literally, because they were so cool, we played that night until we ran out of song. (laughs) We, we played for about two and a half hours. nonstop. You gotta be kidding me. No, it was, it, to this day, it's still one of my top five favorite gigs ever. Mm. It was just such a great experience. We we couldn't stop. We you know we but these people are being so cool. How do we possibly put down our guitars? You know, so that was our connection that led us to ask uh, Jim Locasio to sit in on guitar for us. Um, I think he went by the name Jim Brody at the time. So he went. He uh, joined up with us to um, he rehearsed our set and um, he wasn't really a lead guitarist but uh, we figured you know he could just power chord through things we didn't need a virtuoso just to fill these dates so we uh, took off on this tour we played uh, actually I think uh, Dallas might have been our very first show and we drove down to play San Antonio and played at uh, the legendary bar venue down there, Taco Land, who I think the Dead Milkman even wrote a song about Taco Land. Um, and we had a great show, made a lot of friends that we still have to this day, and uh, stayed at a probably Super 8 motel. And the next morning, I went out to the van, and we were pulling a trailer, and the doors to the trailer were standing wide open. Uh-oh. So... I walk up, they stole both the guitars that uh, Jim was, Jim had brought on the road with him, and about five boxes of uh, our Tang CDs that we were selling at the shows. So we soldiered on through the rest of the tour, selling whatever merch we had left, and we stopped in um, a guitar shop, I think maybe in might have been in Austin and um, bought him a new guitar to get him through the rest of the dates. But what happened was apparently whoever ripped us off was selling our CDs out of the back of their trunk for a dollar or two. And the next time we came back to uh, San Antonio and Corpus Christi, we just had so many fans who had... Um, apparently capitalized on our uh, <laughs> victims of this ripoff. So it was like a guerrilla marketing, like they a were like marketing scheme. Huge fans uh, that we never knew we had. You know, the first time we showed up in Corpus Christi to play this sports bar, you couldn't get within two blocks of the place because it was just wall-to-wall cars parked all over the place and we we literally walked in the place and people that's them. I recognize it. That that's a dude from the album. So you guys are rock stars. Hell, you know, it, it was the craziest thing <laughs> because people had, uh, I guess been buying these CDs that had gotten ripped off for a couple bucks out of, uh, some guy <laughs> set up at a roadside booth or something. I don't know, but you know, we always, look back at this yeah it was rough that very first tour but man it it really benefited us in the long run because ever since then texas has just been our gold mine 
maybe you should have this guy do your merch for you because it sounds, yeah, like, it it sounds like, like it sounds like you get, yeah, you can get a hold of everybody. Yeah, that's all right. They still had to pay Curtis for those boxes of CDs. They lost their ass on this deal. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's great, man. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's it's uh, serendipity at its finest. That's yep. for sure. There you go. Well, good. It'd be nice to connect with those people again on Thursday, right? Next, like Thursday of the tour. So, I'll tell you what. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna play we're gonna play one more song, Neil. Okay. We're gonna wish we're gonna wish BA a ton of luck. I'm I'm hoping I I'm hoping I can catch up with you guys at some point next month. I uh, we're still agendas are still being worked out. Vacation schedules are being jostled, so we'll see. I'm sure we'll try to surprise you somewhere. All right, man. It'd be great to see you again. So, which which song should we go out with, Tom? We should go out with the one I mentioned earlier. Kill the trendy, or let's kill the trendy. I thought leaving on a jet plane would be a good segue from what we were just talking about, but sure, if you want to kill the trendy, we can certainly do that. Well, okay, I, I'll tell you what. What's the what's the deal behind leaving on a jet a jet plane? Ba, that was just like you need an extra song. How did how did that end up becoming a, a stable for you guys early on? That was when we um, were playing back from our pretty early days before we ever recorded. Um, we. Uh, when we first started out, we we did the same thing every punk band did. We you know we just learned uh, Wild Thing and California Sun and a whole bunch of Johnny <laughs> Thunder. So our first gig was just like one original and fourteen covers, and you know um, eventually over the next year or so we got to the point where we had like maybe eight or nine original songs and. A few covers, but they were more selective, you know, as more goofy covers. We used to do uh, Yo-Yo by the Osmond Brothers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, the first one that really stuck that, uh, you know, kind of transcended our bar band days was um, Leaving on a Jet Plane. And I knew the song from my childhood because my mom was a huge John Denver fan. Yep. And so... Yeah, I was growing up uh, listening to John Denver records being played in the living room all the time. <laughs> so, um, you know, and like most folk songs, it's a really smooth transition to basic three-chord punk. I, I, I think folk and punk are the easiest styles to cross over. So um, that's, uh, that's why we started doing it. And by the time we recorded... Uh, our first album, we'd been playing it in our set for probably three or four years. So uh, it's the one cover that survived from the early days. I'm the Candyman. Well, I'll tell you what. Good luck on the tour, BA. Say hello Thank to all you. the guys. Thank Say you guys for having me back. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. No, Thanks for coming back on, my friend. Fun, man. Yep. I was a little nervous because the last time you were on, we went through all your dates, and then I think COVID hit and everything got canceled. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed this time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll keep them crossed, too. That's the uh, last thing that needs to happen now. No, <laughs> I, I, think, got up. <laughs> I think we're good, man. I think we're good. So anyway, yeah, man, have a great tour, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you. I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon down the road. So it's a pleasure, right, as, man. pleasure as usual to speak with you. So this is we're going to go out with Leaving on a Jet Plane, Neil. Yep. Leaving on a jet plane. Wait, you should all go listen to "Kill the Trendy" because it's it's a killer song. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll play them both back to back. How's that? All right. Yeah. How okay. about that? Yeah, we can do whatever Sounds we want, good. right? Yeah. So uh, everybody, keep a little mark in your heart. Stay free.
We'll smell you later. Smell you later, yeah. Hang on a minute, B. I don't hang up quite yet. Okay, bye, everybody. for people who don't like sloppy seconds.
That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, <laughs> ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit!